it's not a bad thing to want to make money. Right. It's not a bad thing to want to live in luxury. It's not a bad thing. Welcome to Her Money Club Stories. We do not talk about budgets, retirement, or the hustle and grind here. We talk about money, time, and energy freedom. We are here to reimagine our relationship with money, to collaborate and celebrate other women who are doing the same. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to explore your passions and monetize your skills and talents and what lights you up? Can you even make money and a living living that kind of life? You can. Her Money Club allows you to explore all of the possibilities to create the time, money, and joy your heart desires deep down. Tune in as we guide you in reimagining your relationship with money. You can find us for further episodes at financialfitnessunleashed.com slash podcast. Special note, we are accepting applications for season two. We would love to support you on your journey with money mindset, leaving a corporate job to step into business for yourself, or discussing how to build wealth. If you want more guidance in any of these areas, you can apply to be on Her Money Club Stories today at financialfitnessunleashed.com slash podcast. See you in there. And welcome everyone to Her Money Club Stories. My name is Rachelle Minnie. I am the founder of Her Money Club. The intention for these beautiful discussions is to collect women's stories of how they've overcome various challenges related to money and life and the journey that unfolds. Today we have Kaine who wants to talk about how she um, experienced being derailed from her journey to six figures. So I'm actually really excited to talk about this because there are so many areas that are pitfalls for us as we take that journey to 100K and beyond. And so I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just really excited to have you and share your story. If you don't mind just sharing a little bit about yourself, what you do for work, and then we'll get into it. Okay. Thank you for having me. Um, so as Rachel said, I'm Kaine Agari. I'm a lawyer qualified in um, Nigeria. I'm currently back in the States after spending about almost 15 years in Nigeria. And basically, I help people two things. I help people understand their contracts so that they're protecting their rights um, and avoiding uh, pitfalls <laughs> in their contracts. And I also um, help people understand what intellectual property is, how they can protect their intellectual property um, for value, and how they can avoid infringing on other people's intellectual property, because that's also a costly mistake that uh, small business owners uh, do. So that's what I do. Talk about money. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Um, And share with me, are you doing this for a company or are you doing this for yourself or both? I'm doing it for myself, freelancing um, for, so I I do advisory services. Um, Mostly what I do these days because I'm in in the States and um, I'm not licensed to practice in the States yet. I just do contract reviews. Um, um, but I still have clients in Nigeria, which is the great thing about the internet. You know, it allows you to 
work from anywhere. So I, I do still have legal clients in Nigeria who I, I do work for mostly around intellectual property, trademarks and copyright. Um, yeah, so <laughs> that's, awesome. that's what I do. And I do, you know. Uh, let's let's get dive into like the juicy part of this because I know you're super passionate about this and I want you to be able to um, share your story from the rooftop so no one else goes through this. <laughs> um, go ahead and share with us just what you experienced with being derailed from your six-figure journey. So um, I left New York years ago, uh, about 20 years ago, and I moved to Nigeria. And at the time I was doing development consulting and a relative of mine who was a lawyer had started up this um, small business. It was a, a social enterprise, we call it, but around law and getting people to understand their rights and understand the laws that affect them. And so we started this business, we registered the business um, and things were going, you know, you'd make some money, lose some money, but things were going, going along. Um, but the one thing we didn't have was a partnership agreement. Um, and there were a lot of uh, administrative things that we didn't tidy up. I think primarily because we were family. So I let my guard down. He probably did also he was a lawyer and while the funny thing is while we were speaking to other people about things that they should do we weren't taking the pill ourselves mm. you know we were dishing out the medicine but we weren't taking it and then as life happens one day I wake up and I get a call that he's passed away mm. just like that unexpectedly this healthy 40 something year old man just is gone. And it didn't hit me then, but of course, you know, it hits you like, whoa, what does this mean? And then after he's put in the ground, the reality sets in because there are other people who have interest in his property, in his life. He has a wife, he has, you know, closer relatives, um, you know, and I'm just here with no partnership agreement. He died intestate, which means he had no will. So in addition to dealing with grief, you're dealing with, okay, this business is about to be taken away from me. This business that I've put in a lot of time and money and effort into building, what do I do? Can you, know, you explain I, for the audience what a partnership agreement does and then also the contrast of like, if you don't have it, obviously. This, so this a, a partnership agreement, I always say, is like a prenuptial agreement. Um, you have one, not because you think things are going to end badly, but just in case this partnership ends, what happens? Um, so in addition to talking about how much you invest, uh, how profits are shared, um, your responsibilities, you also talk about what happens if something bad happens. So if one person gets sick, what happens to their interest? If one person dies, 
what happens to their interest? If one person wants to leave the business, what happens to their interest? Um, if you don't have a partnership agreement, there are certain things that could happen. If you're married, then your spouse, of course, um, or whoever you bequeath your properties to will have, will get the interest in the business. Now, what that does for the surviving partner is you're now in business with somebody who you may not like, with somebody who may not understand the business, but you know, who, who now has a say in how you run the business and what you do with the business. And I want to add here, like, and someone who maybe not even care because they are going through a deeper potentially level of grief and it just, you know, they're, they're in a mode of decision-making that isn't um, the best that they could be. And yes. I've seen this happen on the life insurance side. I used to sell life insurance. And so we worked with partnerships agreements a lot to, um, you know, put life insurance in place for these situations, but mm -hmm. it was incredible just how there were certain situations where someone would be in this, you know, partnership with, you know, obviously not their business partner, but now mm. their spouse. And it mm. was a nightmare for, for both people, yeah. not just, you know, the person trying to do business. It's like, you have to literally start over. Yeah. So the, the insurance part of it is what would fund like a buyout, a buy-sell agreement. So the, the, the insurance policy would pay out that person's interest um, to their family so that the remaining partner can now decide what to do um, with the other part of it. So that's where insurance comes in. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, yeah so that's what a partnership agreement is. A partnership agreement just sets down the rules of this is how we're going to relate in the business. And if something happens, this is how we part ways as amicably as possible, you know? So I always say it's it's the prenup for business partnerships. <laughs> Just yeah. lay it all out on yeah. paper. And you, you have sometimes people are like, oh, well, we're in partnership and it seems like I'm doing all the work and blah, blah, blah. But there's nothing written down. You've not written down who's responsible for what. And so sometimes you're getting in each other's way, um, you know, things like that. Yeah. So how did this play out for you? How did this progress? I, um, I let go, you know, mm -hmm. there's, you decide you want to fight or you let go. And I decided to let go, especially because it was with family yeah. and I just didn't have the energy to fight with family like that. And so I let it go. Um, because I thought, I was grateful and I thought to myself, with life, if I have life and I have my health, I can rebuild again. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I did. I took some time off, went back to school um, and just started a new journey. Yeah, really. What did you find was the challenge in that financially? Oh. The <laughs> so much there <laughs> I, I think for me it was it was more mental than anything it was more saying to myself don't look back on what you've lost um you're rebuilding you can rebuild again don't count the losses 
just mm. it's in the past um you know look on the positive side which was the experience the connections I made the my network grew from that experience so it was really a mindset thing to just shift from dwelling on what I lost and focusing on on you know what I gained from the experience so mm -hmm. yeah were there any <laughs> were there any specific I'm I know I'm going to dig here a little bit just because I think some people when they get stuck they don't know how to get unstuck mm -hmm. so when you were dwelling when you were kind of in that stuck mode which we all get in at different points for different reasons but mm -hmm. was there anything that you can pinpoint that helped you transition or get unstuck whether it was a tool or a resource or a habit or something um no I think one day I was sitting down and I had this mental image a visual image like I was in a tug of war mm. you're in a tug of war and two things can happen or maybe three things the other side drags you over or um, you drag them over but you fall and get muddied and dirty or you let go mm. And that was the mental image in my head. And I thought it's just easier to let go. Mm -hmm. It's going to take too much energy for me to do this, mm -hmm. you know, pull and pull. Either way, it's, you know, I'm, I'm just, this energy that I'm going to expend pushing and pulling, I'm gonna let go and focus this energy on something else for me. Yeah. That's just gonna be mine, that I have control of, that I'm going to, set up properly <laughs> and put in or you know all the right stops to make sure that i'm protected so it's more about whatever move i'm making is you know looking behind the curtain now um, at all the things that i need to make sure that i'm protected and i think also another thing is when i went into that partnership i didn't have a child it was just me um, by the time that partnership ended, I had a child. Mm. And so my thinking also is now different because if I'm working, if I'm putting in all this energy, I want to be able to leave something for him. Yeah. And so that yeah. means I have to make sure that all of my ducks are in a row. I've taken care of, you know, all the things that I need to take care of so that whatever I'm working, I remember when I was I was younger, my mom used to say, oh, I'm working for you. And it didn't make sense. I'm like, what do you mean you're working for me? Yeah. But yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> if you if I want to leave something for my son, yeah, yeah, I'm working for him because I'm not going to, you know, when I'm in the grave, the money's not going to go with me. Yeah, I'm I, love this. <laughs> I love this example. And I want to just like call it out and dissect it because I think for someone who's stuck in, in whatever they're stuck in, you literally made a decision based off of a thought. Like you had the visualization the image that was a thought, right? Mm -hmm. Then you made a decision and then you moved forward and changed your energy and where you guided your energy to, yeah. to make new decisions. Yeah. So it's really, really simple, but a lot of people are stuck because of decisions that they've made five, 10, 15, 20 years ago, whatever. And so they're just stuck in this pattern of dwelling on it or not knowing what to do. And they're just stuck. 
So it really can be that simple of literally having new thoughts about the situation and deciding mm-hmm. to move forward and taking back your energy from where you've been putting yes. it and redirecting yes. it. So really, mm-hmm. that's what it was. It was an energy thing. Yeah. I, and I can picture myself when that happened. I was just because I'd been talking to pe- people, some people were like, no, you have to fight this. You put in so much time and this and, you know. And I just sat down one day and I'm, and this image comes in my head. It's like this tug of war. And I'm like, I'm going to let go of this rope. Yeah. I'm going to let go and, you know, walk away and use my energy to rebuild. I'm alive. I still have my senses. Mm-hmm. I'm still creative, you know, I'm still doing things um, so I can rebuild. Yeah. And that's all I prayed for was my health, because I said, if I have my health, then I can rebuild. Yeah. You know, as long as I'm not sick and can't think and can't move, Mm -hmm. then I can rebuild. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think is like the biggest question you get asked in your line of work? I'm more curious because... Like, what's the most typical thing that you discuss and that people ask you because they just don't know? Mm, well, often there are two things. Often the difference between copyrights and trademarks, just people want to understand intellectual property generally. Um, and also, you know, when I do contract reviews, people want to know, is this a good deal? Is there mm-hmm. anything in here that should make me worried? Um, so those are the two biggest things is, okay, what is this copyright? Am I infringing? Can I use, how can I use this work without infringing? Um, you know, those types of questions. And yeah. of course, contract. Am I safe? Can I sign this contract? Yes. <laughs> or no, you should worry about this. Um, if you're going to sign it, you should know that what this means before you sign it. Cool. That's awesome. All right. I'm going to uh, transition here a little bit. I'm curious to know for you out of that experience that you had and moving forward, what were some of the like financial goals that you set after that or related to finances What are just maybe either goals that you set that you've met and like, how did you get there? Because you mentioned um, like feeling a little bit behind and like time has passed and like all these things time related have affected and derailed, you know, the journey. So how have you just dealt with that process? So I'm I'm still on my journey um, and I've taken at every point in time and even now. I've taken all the skills that I have um, to earn money. So while I'm rebuilding, I'm trying to, you know, I have writing skills. I've gone into legal writing um, until I can, you know, take the bar in the States. I have creative skills that I've put into building um, a merch line around some of the thoughts um, that I have that I just, you know, there's, there's, so, there's so many blog posts you can write about boundaries. And so I have a t-shirt that says I'm fluent in no, <laughs> just <Nice>. knowing 
when to say no, how to say no, the different ways to say no, just creating boundaries. Um, and, um, you know, and, and talk yenom, which is, um, yenom is the backward spelling of money. Because my, my grandmother used to say that all the time. If I was going out, she would say to me like, code, do you have some yenom with you? <laughs> and so I thought that was catchy and fun. So, yeah. you know, talk yenom. Because as women, we don't talk about money enough. I see news stories and it breaks my heart. Um, a celebrity recently, I think last year, said she, le- she had $7 in her account when she left her husband. Now, this is someone who has been on in movies, on hit TV shows, and had no clue what her husband was doing with her money and walked away from that marriage with $7. That's not good enough. That's wild. Yeah. Because we just don't talk about money. Oh, my husband handles it. Or, you know, or you're made to feel bad if you if you think about money or talk about money. No, you need money to exist. You know, we don't live trade by barter. Mm-hmm. If you're in this world, in this society, you need money to pay rent, to provide for your children to you need money so you have to talk about not just the ways that you're making money but the ways that you're retaining the money that you have Um, and if you have children the way you transfer your wealth I mean not all of us are going to be what's the rich guy the Berkshire Hathaway guy oh yeah not all all of us are going to be you know where we're we're leaving 90% of our fortunes to charity because you've provided. Not everyone is going to have that luxury. Right. Um, you know, if you've struggled and you want your children to be comfortable, so you want to pass on that wealth. So it's not just making the money, it's retaining the wealth and passing it on. Mm-hmm. And we don't talk about it enough. Mm-hmm. Even in the contracts you sign, um, could be giving away your money. If you're signing a contract that assigns all of your intellectual property in something that you've created, you don't get that residual anymore. You've assigned it, it's gone. Somebody else is going to be making money for years from it. It happens a lot in the music industry. Um, You know, it happens Mm -hmm. more, more often than it should but it happens and it's because I think we look at the global number and say, oh, I just got a contract for six figures, but what is, in, what is behind that number? Yeah. What rights are you giving away behind that number? Um, yeah. you know. <laughs> so. um, what has been for you just like personally, um, either a challenge you've overcome because you mentioned a lot of really important things like feeling guilty about talking about money or even shameful and you know not wanting to share that information did you grow up where it was okay to talk about money or was it not and like how did you personally navigate that um I grew up and funny you ask this because my niece and I have been having this conversation so I we we grew up talking about money but 
we grew up um, more, uh, you talk about money, but money, money is not that important. Mm-hmm. Money is secondary to everything secondary. else that you do. Okay. To so, family, to something in particular or? Yeah, just to life in general, you know, so you're charitable, you give to charity. It's not about making money. It's about helping the world and blah, blah, blah. And so my first, before I went into law, my first master's degree was in public administration because I had this public service mindset. Mm -hmm. And she also ended up doing a master's in public policy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, having worked in the public sector and then worked in the private sector, we're both now like, you know, that's BS. You can help help more when you have more money. Right, you can make a bigger impact. exactly if you're struggling you know doing charitable work and getting paid um a salary that's not covering your needs you're not really helping anyone so we're like no we have to break out of that mindset and and look at you know it's not a bad thing to want to make money it's not a bad thing to want to live in luxury it's not a bad thing it's only bad if you are controlled um, by the love of money and if you lose your your sense of self um, because of your desire to acquire wealth Um, but it's not a bad thing to make money and so it's just we've we're now working on breaking out of that mindset because you find yourself doing a lot of things for free because you're like, oh, no, it's not about the money. You know, I love what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah but you're nice little lie we tell ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yes. My mm-hmm. son's father, um, who ended up being like a big finance um, banker person, was um, very artistic up till college. Mm-hmm. He was, um, you know, fine arts. And he said and you know years ago when I was talking about oh this is my passion and this is my passion he said to me passion doesn't pay the bills <laughs> yeah and it I can thought, but it doesn't <laughs> it just can. don't, don't a, put energy towards that <laughs> you know I was like eh, what <laughs> but now I get it yeah it's okay to have a passion if it's making you money fine but if it's not making money, you have to find something else that makes you money so you can fund your passion. Yeah. You can't stay stuck in passion mode mm-hmm. and then you're struggling Hoping, to pay your wishing, bill. right? Yes, no, it, it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, you know, I'm just getting real with myself about, um, and I, I, you know, recently I was just saying to someone, um, I got a project. And it's an, you know, it's an international organization. We've been going back and forth, you know, fleshing out this idea about what they want. And we finally get to it after about seven, eight weeks. Okay, you can do the project. There's no mention about the pay. So <laughs> this is an international organization. So I sent an email back and I said, um, I would love to do this but there's no mention about the pay rate. Now, the old me probably would have hesitated a bit, danced around it, and 
but I was like, there's no mention about the pay rate. So please let me know um, what you've budgeted for this, <laughs> for this project. Yeah. yeah. And I put the papers aside. I yeah. just closed their file, put it away. Next. Didn't hear from them for about another five to six weeks. Wow. And I wasn't phased because I'm like, yeah. free is done. And I'm yeah. fluent in no boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. not doing it because the money isn't right. No, mm-hmm. not going to do free work. Mm-hmm. No, not today. No, and just, having an explicit no. conversation like what you just described of like, what is the pay? What mm-hmm. is this? And to your point on contracts, like having it in writing and yes. making sure it's signed on the dotted line. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, this is, you know, the new me. <laughs> I love it. I love having, it. Having the money conversations, like, yeah. you know, upfront. It's not, it's not gonna, it's better to have it out and to have, and to be uncomfortable upfront than to go further down the line and then you have the conflict it's bigger you've lost time the emotions are more you know there's more emotion there when you put in time and then at the end of it you find out you're getting a raw deal no it's better have the uncomfortable conversation up front hash it out and then you can move forward you just reminded me of something like it's better to be uncomfortable and certain about something in the long run versus comfortable, but completely uncertain. Mm-hmm. You have all this uncertainty stacked up. That's going to give you more worry, anxiety, and lack of safety feelings than yes. being uncomfortable once to have the conversation to create a mound of certainty so you mm-hmm. can move forward. So yeah, I yeah. love it. All right, we're going to wrap up, but I want you to share any programs that you offer for um, people and how people can get in touch with you. So I have my website. Um, It's just my name, Kaine Agari. That's K-A-I-N-E-A-G-A-R-Y.com. And on my website, I have blog posts that talk about um, really a lot about intellectual property because uh, most small businesses these days 90 percent of your your business's value is intellectual property is what you create your copyright your trademark so i think every small business owner should understand um, what intellectual property is and how to protect it so i have blog posts on that i have um you know i have a shop which sells my t-shirts but there's also an ebook that talks about um you know, the four pillars of small business, um, four, the four, four pillars of a small business, you, you know, you know, how to set up, a, how to legally set up a small business. So talk about the business entity, talk about intellectual property, talking about business relationships, which is, which you create um, through contracts. And also relationship with, you know, regulatory bodies like the government, so the IRS, um, FTC, all of those kinds of people. So I have those there in my shop. And then people can email me at kaine at kaineagari.com. And I think when you sign up to my newsletter, you get a a download, a free download um, that helps you manage your IP your business IP portfolio. So you'll have a brief, um, you know, description about what IP is and the different examples of 
the different types of IP in your business and will help you like do a, a small personal audit and help you manage your IP. So yeah, oh. try to reach me. <laughs> I love it. I thank you so much, Kaini. I I am actually going to go look out look at some of that because I know for even myself, like I want to trademark some things and I've put it on the back burner and like not thought about it. So yeah, I encourage everyone to check out all the free resources that you put together and then also reach out to you if they have specific questions for their yeah. partnerships or business. So yeah. thank anything you. contract yeah. related, um, any uncomfortable money conversations you're, <laughs> you're having, I'm your Love girl. Thank, <laughs> you. thank you so much for thank your time. Thank you for today. having me. Yes, you're welcome. Yeah.